with Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Did you ever see that photo, Sean? No. Okay, so that's in downtown LA. Okay. I'm on a Harley and I'm jumping it. When was that? You look I, heavier in there. Relax. <laughs> I bent the back. I would, uh, Nick just sent me that photo. I bent my back forks coming off that jump. I remember that. That's that. We, time we were frame. doing. We were doing a video for the Houston. I remember that, that commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I saw this like you could run up on the sidewalk and then launch off the side that bump right there. <laughs> and I jumped it and I like literally and I bounced. My whole back end was bouncing. I pulled it off and then my back end was bent. So. Note to self, listeners, don't jump Harleys. They're not meant to be jumped. Those were some. Dude, we were rallying through L.A. back then. It was sick. So, all right, man. We're going to do uh, – we're doing the show tonight and uh, or today. We are going to be taking questions. So, um, right here, we're on YouTube. Start, start bringing in the questions, whatever you guys want to talk about, and we're going to start taking them, and it's going to be epic. I got Sean McKeon in studio, and uh, I got trial. Sam – Quarantine style, yep. Are you six feet away? Get the measuring tape <laughs> right now. I think we're actually six. We're, yeah, we're actually feet. about six feet away. We're pretty, we're pretty far away. So, all right, let's do it. Well, you know what? Let's just uh, go ahead and start taking some questions um, that have come in already from online. And uh, then everyone else can just kind of add questions as we go. Let me ask this question because this is to you, well, we right? We got Sam over here. Oh, yeah, we got Sam. Go ahead. What question? Um... So what are you guys up to now that the schools are momentarily shut down? Uh, just eating ice cream. A lot of ice cream. Ice cream, tacos. What are we doing? That's a great question. So we had to shift. Uh, we actually started doing another radio show right now. So we're going to do two, two a week. We might even uh, expand to three a week, just kind of playing it by ear. What's happening is we have a new video coming out about the Whosoever's Kill the Noise tour, about what we've been doing in the school system around the world. The video will be on the Whosoever's website, and it will come out on other platforms eventually. But if you go to the whosoever's.com or the app, you can see it's a full-length film. It's like an hour and change. And what it shows is the power of the Word of God, the power of our testimonies getting in front of students, Given the gospel, you're seeing tons of, or should I say thousands of students, just in this one particular video, you're going to probably see over like 13,000 students give their life to the Lord in 10 days. I think we did like 36 events in 10 days. Um, thousands of kids giving their life to the Lord. They're getting filled with the Holy Spirit. We're laying, our, we're laying hands on the sick and we're seeing some of them uh, getting healed. It's uh, Mark's, uh, Mark 16, preach the gospel. You know, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So that's what this is about. This film, it's going to, uh, it's going to encourage your, your faith. It's going to show that God is still alive. He's still working. And uh, it's going to activate you to, to live the Great Commission. Everything, the whole goal was to show people that what we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the book of Acts, what you're seeing is what you're going to see basically in 2020, you're going to see what you read from 2,000 years ago happening right now. That's basically, what, that's basically what the film is. What you see in the gospel, preaching the gospel, 
laying hands on the sick, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit, encountering God, and their lives being transformed. You're going to see this in this film. And that's why this uh, film exists, is to encourage you and activate you that there's a lot more than what uh, maybe how you're living. You know, I showed it to a, a, a girl that's in a college or university, the University of Colorado last night. She saw it and she uh, sent me back this amazing um, text about how she was cha- – I go – well, what happened to you at the end of this film? I, I interviewed her. She goes, I was challenged. I said, why were you challenged? She says, because everything I've always read, I've always wanted to see what it looked like, and I've never seen it, the Holy Spirit move like that. So it challenged me to step out in faith and see if God wants to move. And uh, it encouraged her, and uh, it made her want to dig sh- deeper into the scriptures and um, she loved, she said she loved the music choices. She loved the editing. She said she was engaged the whole time, very fast paced. She was just stoked on it. I so think. I know you guys are going to be, uh, you guys are going to be stoked on it too. So go to the whosoevers.com. Uh, it will be there and you can watch it um, there and check it out for yourself and be encouraged, share it and the whole thing. So we're going to go ahead and take some questions. I have Sean McKeon in studio. My name is Ryan Reese, and we are stoked that you guys are tuning in. Let's go for it. What is the, what is the course question? So I believe we are living in the birth pains. Can you show me biblical verses that can back this up? Well, I think we uh, on a previous show we were kind of talking about this as well. And you, if you go to the Olivet Discourse that you find in in Mark thirteen and, and Matthew chapter twenty four, Jesus speaks about these things. And when we talk about birth pain, Jerome broke it down as far as when uh, a woman is giving birth, there are contractions as the baby gets closer. Not only do the contractions get more intense, they actually get more frequent. And I think we're seeing that for sure. I think that that same thing that people are bringing up, we're seeing in our world today. We're seeing wars, rumors of wars. Yes, there's unrest in the the nations around us. Uh, We're seeing multiple earthquakes in the last couple of weeks, you know, some severe. Was there? I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. There was one in, I think, Croatia. There was one in the ocean that was a 7.5 and uh, was off, I want to say, off of Russia, and um, uh, there was alerts going out for Hawaii that Hawaii was going to maybe encounter a tsunami. They were actually able to bring that back. The tsunami uh, didn't happen in Hawaii. Um, there was an earthquake in um, Salt Lake City. You didn't hear about that one? No, I didn't hear about it. In Utah? Nope. So that happened that first week when um, this whole thing went down. And isn't it crazy? When this is the detail, this isn't coming from a Christian perspective or anything. There was um, the news that said that Angel Moroni, which is the kind of the false prophet, yeah, yeah. Or whatever, has a trumpet and actually fell off the building. No one of the way. main ones and it broke off and everything. Destroying all guys. And people were like, is God trying to speak or, or uh-huh. what? You uh-huh. know? Um, so we're seeing earthquakes. We're seeing famines we're seeing pestilences that's what we're seeing right now and i think that what our eyes are being open to is that one kind dale uh pastoral's uh assistant said isn't it amazing that god is able to bring the nation to their knees by one molecule out of place that's one it. little tiny stopped molecule everything. has stopped the world just like that so a comment that came in on facebook it says ryan do you think this worldwide events are related with the second coming of jesus Again, I think it's all part of the birth pains because Jesus talks about it through the Gospels. It's actually referred to of Jesus talks about, it, I think, through each of the Gospels. And then, you know, you got uh, Peter, Timothy, uh, where else? Uh, 
First Peter, Second Peter, Timothy, yeah. they all talk about this, about the signs of the end times. Yes. Again, do I think, you know, the, the rapture is going to come tonight? I don't know. I, I honestly just think there's going to be, I think God's shaking up the church and waking up the church right now. Well, you know, prophecy, we're talking about prophecy. What, what's the word prophecy even mean? It's, it literally speaks of a prediction a lot of times. You know, prophecy, like as a gift of the Holy Spirit, speaks of proclamation, proclaiming God's word, yep. but also can have a lens of prediction. And so probably in the Old Testament, one of the most important um, prophecies to understand is found in Daniel chapter 9 chapter uh, chapter 9 verses 24 to 27 and it has a lot to speak about um, that Daniel was seeking the Lord and he was given this revelation and in that revelation it has so many things encompassed um, because that's you know hundreds of years before Christ was born here in the flesh but it spoke about that it spoke about him um, coming to this earth it spoke about um, him actually being killed or crucified, but rising on the third day. I mean, not exactly, but it, what it's saying is it's that's what the meaning is behind it. And then um, also fast-forwarding to the future, it speaks of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And what's the Antichrist is going to do? He's going to cause this um, unity. Look at the, the Middle East. There's always strife in the Middle East mm-hmm. um, between the nation of Israel and to the Muslim um, countries around them. Um, and if you even go to Israel today, the, many people have gone on the on the trip. You have the the the, the mosque that is there, right there off the off the Temple Mount, mm-hmm. and the, the Bible says in the last days, this is what's going to happen when the Antichrist comes into the scene. We believe in the rapture of the church. We believe that the church will be raptured out before this takes place, but it will happen right after the Antichrist will come into the scene, and he will. One of the things he will do is cause peace to come in the Middle East, and there will be a, a time where you know, worship is going to be uh, able for the, the nation of Israel, you know, and um, there's going to be a peace in the Middle East between these two people. Mm-hmm. Um, this Antichrist is going to have orotating skills that are going to be able to to ease maybe like strife or whatever. In a couple years, things will seem like it'll be going okay, but then things will increase all the way to the point where the Antichrist will say that I am God, worship me. And the, the, the nation of Israel, the Jews' eyes are going to be open, mm-hmm. and they're going to flee for the hills. I mean, there's so many details. I don't want to get too ahead of the no, game. It's, it's cool because I, I, want to add some, I want to add some stuff to that. Yeah. So, you know, people that don't believe in this stuff, if you go to Israel like you were talking about, when you get there, when you go to the Temple Mount, uh, yeah, so you have the— the Mount of Olives, and then you have, what is it, the East Gate, where they believe that Jesus is going to come through on his return when he comes through the Mountain of Olives. You have the Temple Mount, and if you go on Google Maps or whatever, you just look up a photo, you look down and you see the temple. That's like where the um, the Muslims are worshiping. But then on the left side of the Temple Mount is this big open uh, area, and they actually believe the Jews, they worship there at the Western Wall. That's where the, the prayer wall is, where you yep. see those photos of them worshiping. Uh, they believe that's the closest point to where the holies of holies were um, back in King Solomon's temple. And interesting enough, in Revelations, it talked about that when the Antichrist arises, he will bring world peace and they will the Jews will be able to build their temple again. And there's a perfect right where the right where the Jews believe the temple the the um so, uh, the holies of holies were on that temple. That's the per- exact spot where the temple could be uh, created. Mm-hmm. There's there's perfect space for them to enter and exit 
right there to their temple and they would be side by side. And it even says in Revelations on the outside is going to be the, the area of the Gentiles. Right. And it talks about it. So it's all lined up there. It's all in scriptures. It just needs to be built. But then you say, you might say, Ryan, is that even possible? Again, go to Israel. If you go to Israel right now in that Jewish quarters in the old, in the old city, they built a menorah, I think, like, I don't know, I think maybe like six or seven years ago when I was there, it, it was created. And that menorah was built there. And I forget how many, it's like $4 million, $14 million or some crazy amounts of money. This huge, massive gold menorah is there in glass protected and it's ready for the new temple. Then you go down to the Temple Institute, yep. which is right below the, the Western Wall where the Jews uh, worship the wall, which is closest to the holies of holies they believe when you go in there what they have is you can even look it up look up temple uh institute in israel and you look up photos you will see they already recreated the instruments for the temple the ephod the harps the trumpets the priest um uh, uniforms or attire uh even the breastplate that it talks about in the old testament what the priest would wear with the rocks the headpiece they are actually, you could even look up as well, that in order for them to start sacrifice of, of the uh, ox, they have to have a, a red heifer. Right now, you could see in photos that the Jews are breeding a pure red heifer that when this time comes, they will have a red heifer that they will be able to start producing the red sacrifice. They had to recreate that and they had to reproduce the red heifer. It took many, many years to get it going. And I don't know if they've accomplished it yet, but they do have some red heifers happening. I don't know how 100% pure it is yet. But then on top of it, when you go there, you ask the... Now we're talking about the Messianic Jews, the ones that were the... The, the, the yarmulkes with the long curls on the side, the black uh, suits and all that stuff. What's interesting is when you're there in the Temple Institute, you ask them, um, okay, hey, guys, this is awesome. You guys created all this stuff. They even recreated the, the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. That's also there too. Remember yep. that? Uh-huh. that? They recreated that too. You can see these photos on Google. Look it up. It's all there. So with that said, now – when you're in there, you could ask the Jews that are they're operating the temples. You could say, "Hey, what's up with this stuff? When are you guys going to create? You know, what's this for?" They say, "This is for the new temple, which it talks about in Revelations that there will be a new temple that the Antichrist will build for them, and they will have a bill, and that's why they will accept the Antichrist because they believe." that he is going to be the Messiah because they don't believe Jesus, the first coming, was the Messiah. So what happens is, when I ask them, when will this happen? When are you guys going to have your new temple? They will say, when the Messiah comes and the Messiah will be here any day. And that right there, every hair on the back of your neck stands up because you go, oh my gosh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah has come. And they are basically waiting for the Antichrist to come. He will bring world peace. Let's talk about this for a second. I know you want to add some stuff. So now, and I'm not saying this is the end of the world right now. I'm just, just to be clear, I'm just pitching a scenario, okay? So right now, say say this was like right before the Antichrist is going to rise. Right now, here's a scenario. Everyone's on lockdown. You got this virus it's it's people are in fear people are scared 
And uh, obviously right now they're already coming up with um, ways to counteract it and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're already ahead of the curve. It's, it's, yeah. we're, we're close to like figuring this thing out. But what happens if there's this crazy uh, virus or something and, no one, and everyone's just dropping dead by like the seconds, even, like, even more than like, – say it's like 10 times the amount and everyone's in fear. This world leader comes up out of Europe and he says, hey, I got the, I got the cure – you know, basically just, you know, and when he rises at this point, when he decides to come into the temple of the Jews and says, he says he's going to put a, he's going to put himself a statue and says, everyone worship me. Mm-hmm. What if there's some crazy, crazy, crazy pandemic going on and the whole world's terrified and he says, you guys just bow down and worship me. It says that he's going to do signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. He's going to be able to call fire down from heaven. He's going to get shot in the head. He's going to raise from the dead. You know, he's going to, people, the world that are not the Jews that believe in uh, God, the Yahweh God, they're going to see this and they're going to know he's not the Messiah. He's going to say, bow, he's going to put his, his um, idol in the temple and say, bow down and worship me. And they're going to know that he is not the Messiah at that time. It says that they're going to flee into the wilderness. But the rest of the world, they're going to see signs and wonders. He's going to raise from the dead. Mm-hmm. They're going to believe he's like a God. So they're going to very, very easily be deceived to worship this guy. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be a powerful, powerful guy. And you could read it in the scriptures who this guy is. Yeah. Right now, people are scared out of their mind. Like, you yeah. know, if he, if he showed up today and, and got shot in the head and raised from the dead, like it says in the scriptures, people would worship him. Right now. Yeah. No, everything is, the scene is definitely being set. And it, what set. it also says about uh, the Antichrist, he's going to, there's going to be a one world monetary system. There's going to be a one world government and a one world religion. When we look at the monetary thing already, we already see, like, you could, you could definitely sell it like, this is going to protect your funds and everything, so there's not fraud and stuff, and this is what you need to do. People are going to take care of their, look at the, the, the nation around us today. Everybody's making sure that they got food for their family, all that kind of stuff, and they will make sure, whatever they have to do, to make sure that they are provided for us. So if you say, okay, this is what we're going to do, we're going to have a one world monetary system, you do this, everything will be taken care of, blah, 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 it could easily be sold. The other thing is people will look at religion as a problem, whether it's the Muslim faith, whether it's Hindus, whether it's Christian, whatever. And they're like, well, that's a problem. Religion's a problem. So there needs to be one world religion. And the other thing. Did you read that article about UN that came out not too long ago? No. Mike McIntosh, I think, sent to me. Someone, UN uh, came out with an article not too long ago saying that they want to be the, the, the control for all religion. Mm-hmm. So they want to get all the holy books. I think I texted it to you. So they want to, they want to get all the holy books and re-edit them mm-hmm. so that there's nothing offensive and they will control the one world well, religion. That makes sense. That's how our world works today. You yeah. know, nobody wants to offend anybody. So you Is that crazy? Yeah. But that, that, that makes sense too with the yeah. whole rising of the Antichrist. Because there will be a one-world religion at that time. Yeah, one-world religion and also one-world government. Because obviously there are powers that are facing our, our nation, the world today. You know, whether you think, you know, whether it's North Korea, whether it's China, whether they think it's us, whatever. The, the strife mm-hmm. uh, in between the nations and this Antichrist. You know, if you can think of anybody that has great oratory skills, those that can communicate a message. A lot of people, during times of election, everybody can promise the, the world and a lot of them don't come through this guy this antichrist is going to have the ability to speak a good game but also be able to follow through what he's doing and then you bring up the signs and the wonders all that stuff people are so easily moved and i think in our in our world today because of 
the, the benefits of technology and social media, we're able to have a lot of communications. But the danger is people aren't able to have, be discerning, especially if they're not spiritual, know the truth of yeah. God's word. Yeah. They're not able to discern. And all discerning is is being able to ch- figure out what is true, mm-hmm. what is false. And even these last couple of weeks, you know, you get so much information by so many people. There are some things that are accurate and true. Mm-hmm. There are some things that sound close to being true, yeah. but sometimes it's speculation. And so you want it, you really need to be discerning to be able to know what is truth and what is error. And enemy always works in deception. So this is the deal. Uh, switching notes a little bit during this time of, of this stuff, I believe that there the church is being awakened because I, you know, you get caught up in these programs and these structures, and and you you almost become non relevant to the Great Commission and reaching people. You, you get comfortable basically. And I believe what God's doing during this time is also because he shut everything down. We can see the effects of the shutdown. The church is waking up and they're getting more active and more creative. Like think about this. Musicians that are producing music. Now they're on lockdown. Now they can actually sit, hear from God, produce new tracks. Think about the creativity that's going to be coming from this time. For this 2020, the ways of people thinking about how can we reach this world, looking at the pulse of the culture, looking at what's going on, how people are reacting to this stuff. This is time for us to wake up as a church and figure out how we can reach more people yeah. during this time. And going back to that original question, what the, the first person asked is, what's the whosoever's going to do during this time? We're creating more radio shows. We want to be more engaged with you guys here on social media and hear your questions and, and answer them to a- a- answer your questions to you know, communicate with you guys. We'll also have the movie premiere coming out as during this time where we're isolated or, or stuck at home, should I say quarantine, uh, you can get encouraged that God's moving. And once we get out of here and we get back on the streets, God's going to continue moving as he's continuing to move right now. We're also uh, getting the Kill the Noise message where we filmed it, we're editing it, and we're going to release it, release it, do a Kill the Noise uh, home premiere. Now that everyone's at home, you can watch it with all your friends and family right there live in your in your living room. So we now are going to take it to all the living rooms around the world and stream it. So we're, uh, we're just moving and shaking and we're going to try to produce more content and video content for you guys on, uh, maybe some discipleship or who knows where we want to hear from you guys, what you guys are looking for. And we're going to, we're going to try to create more, uh, not try. We are going to create more content for you guys. So we're just going to go one day at a time right now. We got, we got about a month and I think we have about a month and a half, a month and a half right now of solid content that we're going to be releasing from the whosoever's plus obviously from the radio show we're doing twice a week. So we got stuff coming. We don't want to give you like, you know, we want to give you quality, not quantity. You know what I'm saying? We want to have high, high impact as we do these things. What else is going on? What, let's take another question. For sure. Um, I feel like my fire for God has dried up. I don't know where he is and it seems like I've lost him and lost my way. What happens to Christians that are not growing? Well, that's very easy. Um, the question I would ask is, why aren't you growing? I could tell you, let me just address things, how you stop growing. It's very simple. You stop reading. You stopped praying. You stopped listening to studies. You don't do devotions like you don't have a devotion book. You, you basically... You unplugged. So, like, let's just use this example. We've talked about this before. I have an iPhone right here in front of me. Now, if I 
take it. It's out of the wall right now. Okay, so I plugged it in this morning, and I have like a full charge. Well, what happens if I don't plug the phone back into the wall over the next day or two? What's going to happen? It's going to die. It's going to stop. It's <clears throat> it's going to stop being charged. This phone is absolutely useless now because there's no charge in it. It's not charging anymore because it's not plugged in. In the same way, if you're not reading the word of God, because it says that in the Bible says that the the Jesus came to planet Earth. He is called the Word. The Word became flesh. Jesus is the Word of God. So if we are not reading the Word of God, learning about Him and being plugged into the Word of God, being plugged into the Word is like being plugged into the wall to the power from heaven, the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. If we are not plugged in through reading and praying and um, going through Bible studies, you're not getting charged. You're not growing. Charge could be the same thing as growing. You're not growing anymore. So that's the problem. It's very simple. Get back plugged in. Read, pray, ask God that you want to start growing. How, how can you grow? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Yeah. It's very simple. You know, and I think that, you know, asking that question during this time, I would just really encourage you. I mean, just look around you. Uh, God's speaking right now. God's speaking not only to this nation, but to the world. And if you look at the Old Testament, um, all of the prophets, the minor prophets, the major prophets in the Old Testament were, were messages to a nation that had forsaken God. And sometimes he allows circumstances in our life where we can look up. I was thinking of, I won't read the whole text, but check out what it says in the book of Amos. It says, I gave you cleanness of teeth in your cities and lack of bread in all of your places, yet you have not returned to me. Cleanness of teeth, meaning they didn't have food in their mouth. They were going through a famine. They were going through a testing. But then he says, yet you have not returned to, returned to me. Also, I withheld rain from you where there were still three months to the harvest. I made it rain on one city and withheld it from rain from another city. One part was rained down and where it did not rain, the part withered. So two or three cities wandered to another city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. And he goes on and on in the book of Amos chapter 4 where it says, There's famine and you haven't returned to me. You have lack of water. You have not returned to me. Don't you get the message? Aren't you listening to what I'm saying to you? And sometimes it's a place where God is breaking you and humbling you where you can get your attention. And when he breaks you, the Bible says, when he humbles you, he is going to lift you up in due time. And so there's a message. Like Ryan said, those are the steps. It is reading. It is praying. It is taking advantage of this time where it's like, all right, Lord, I can't do it. I can't figure it out. I'm stressed out. If you are who you say you are, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that spoke the world into existence, the one that holds my life in the palm of your hand, I believe that you are sufficient for all things, meaning you can come through at all times, and I'm going to trust you with all of my heart, not just reciting the scripture. I'm going to meet it in my life. And that's where things begin to change. Uh, there's a comment I want you to find, Sam. Uh, some guy says that he's being feels like he's being condemned. I want you to read that in a minute. Um, yeah, because you know during this time, or just in life, the enemy comes in sometimes, and he wants to mess with your mind. Mm -hmm. And especially when God's pouring out His Spirit, when God's moving, He likes to get in there too because He wants to He wants to get people um, shake their faith. He he doesn't want us to be in the game. So we know who is the condemner. It's Satan, mm -hmm. the devil, the dragon, Lucifer, the, you know, the, the accuser of the brethren. Jesus doesn't condemn us. 
It says it in, in John's the three sixteen. Jesus didn't come into the world in seventeen. Jesus didn't come into the world uh, to uh, condemn the world, but to save the world through His Son. So He's He loves us, and He's not the condemner. That's that's the enemy. So why? How do you combat that? You got to go back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? What does Jesus say about you? Because that's truth. That's what we have to we have to put our minds on is what is true, not what is false. For sure. Did you find that comment? Yeah. Okay, read it. Um, got back to serving and reading and praying every day coming into 2020, but I've been feeling really oppressed, condemned, going through doubt, and my mind being flooded with evil thoughts. Is that spiritual warfare? Oh, yeah. And that's because you're getting back in the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yup, it's back in the game. It's like imagine being a you're you're in the uh, you're in the military, you know, and uh, you're you're if you stopped reading and praying, you're say you're back at like the headquarters chilling with everyone, right? But then when you're going to get back into war, what happens when you go back into war? You don't just walk back out into the field. You're you're getting back in the game. You gotta you're you know you're 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 trying to get back into your bunker. People are shooting at you and stuff. You don't just walk out. Like yeah, of course you're gonna get shot at the enemy. He sees you coming back to the front lines, yeah. dude. They got snipers trying to pick you off. They got you know the the fifty cal from the tank. You know they're trying to take you out. The enemy does not want you back in the game. He doesn't want you back on the front lines. And when you start reading, you start praying, you start doing your thing, you're getting back in the front lines. Hmm. So is that spiritual warfare? Yes. Sure. Ephesians six. Read it. So many great things, and we want to hear from you guys. We'll be coming back right after the break right now. We'll be back in two minutes. We're live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now. 1-888-564-6173 or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say we didn't warn you. All right, we are back with Sean McKeon, and we are just getting into it. I love the show. It's been awesome, your guys' questions. I know right now a lot of you guys are tuning in on YouTube, and you guys are uh, sending the questions. Keep them coming. Uh, let's just keep uh, let's keep flowing. There's this last question on this one page right here. Um, you want to you drop that one, Sam? Yes. Um, is it the... Is the rapture real? I would love to know more. No, not that one. We already talked about that one. The next one. Oh, right. Does a person have to care about saying cuss words? Does a person care about saying cuss words? Um, look, this is the deal. The scriptures constantly talks to us about being holy as he is holy. Um, you know, cuss words are, you know, they're gnarly. It's like... There's nothing holy about yeah. a cuss word. Um, I'm going to read Ephesians 5. It talks about uh, living in the light. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Does God cuss? No. Uh, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us, and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, 
or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, dirty stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. That's dirty jokes, probably with cussing. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness in God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of the world. So wait, what is it saying? It's just, it, it's not godly. <laughs> so cussing? No. Now, let's, let's not be all self-righteous here, okay? Um, if any of you guys uh, didn't grow up in the church and you grew up like a pirate like myself, I did grow up in the church, but I walked away from God like at 12 years old. And an F word was probably used in seven, eight times in every sentence. Yeah. And, you know, you had a, a crazy past. You know, when you give your life to God, God touches your life and the cussing does stop for the majority. But sometimes they slip out. You know, when you get mad, you get angry. You know, cuss words come out. So not to get all uptight, but, you know, ask God, God, I don't want to be that guy anymore. You know, I know you don't. I know what the scripture says. I'm not trying to do that. You ask God to forgive you and you move on. But there should be a transformation. Um there should be a transfer. You should, if you if you have a relationship with God, and the Holy Spirit is moving, and the Scripture says what He says it does. Like Jesus says, you know, the Holy Spirit. It's it's like the wind. You don't you don't see the the wind blowing. You see the effects of the wind. Like if you look outside, you don't actually see the wind. But when you look at the trees, you see the leaves moving or the dust blowing up. Or that's the effects of it. In the same way, you should see the effects of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yeah. So if you were like a pirate cussing all the time. You should, you're, you should, there should be a change. And then people go, well, why do I keep doing it? Well, what are you listening to? Are you listening to a bunch of music that has cussing? Yeah. You know, yeah, you're going to keep cussing because garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> That's such – that. it's so funny because you know how many people listen to crazy rap yeah. stuff or metal that has – you know, they're talking about the devil and – and cussing and yeah they're wondering why they're depressed and why is there my life hasn't changed because you're putting garbage in garbage out yeah like what if okay the holy spirit's in us right Mm -hmm. so that means jesus christ is in us his spirit the holy spirit so now we're listening to that stuff that means if you can imagine jesus inside you and now you're listening to stuff that means he's hearing everything that you're putting in have you ever thought about that well, that's what the Bible says. It says to not grieve the Holy Spirit who is in you. You know, you're talking about Ephesians 5 and, and Ephesians 4 right be, before it tells you to stop lying, to, to, to be angry, do not sin, don't give place to the devil, let him who steals steal no longer, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, um, and don't have unforgiveness in your heart because this is all areas of your life well, the enemy will play overtime on, on your life. And, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about your speech because words have the ability to impact people greatly. And Satan knows that. The Lord knows that. Satan wants you to use your words to slice people up, uh, to be angry, to have a filthy mouth because it does impact people. And the same thing is true with the Lord. The Lord knows that. He, Jesus says, by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Um, I, I think it's important for us to realize that we don't, if we are being led by the Spirit of God, it, you know, 
you have a slip up or whatever, you just don't want to make it a practice. So you don't want to be continually giving over to like a with your language is getting just like like worldly because the Bible tells you not to because when the Spirit of God is working in you, there's conviction of the Holy Spirit. And but what also you can do, you can resist uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit as well. I'm like Ryan. I used to cuss just about every other word in some sentences, multiple words. Um, but when God gets all your life, He starts changing and transforming your heart. Um, if you are filling your mind with the things of the, this world or whatever, obviously those things are going to come out. You know, sometimes you use the word shaping and molding, and you think it's just like a Christian term or whatever. But the reality of it is, people are shaped and molded by what they listen to or what they are is number one in their life. So if you're bombarded with a lot of filth, with grinds and music, comedy stuff, stuff that has all this vulgar stuff of it, you're going to continue. You're going to speak about all those things. Those things are coming out of your mouth because it's shaping and molding you in your thought processing. I just don't understand, honestly. When when I gave my life to Christ, when I would listen to certain stuff, I'm like, even though I used to listen to it, yeah. then I would listen, I'm like, dude, there's just, something's not resonating. Right. Like, it doesn't seem right. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, how can you say you're a Christian and, you're, you're, and you read the Bible and the Bible teaches one thing, but then you're living another thing? It just doesn't make sense. No. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally you know? agree. And, and that's the thing. Like, no transformation. Yeah. So, I totally agree. All right. What else? We well, got some more questions. All right. Um, how can a parent impact their child while they have them for the rest of the school semester? Be in tuned. Show leadership in your home. Show, show that you're not panic. Show somebody that is temperate, somebody that is under control. So show somebody that is trusting in the Lord. You know, communicate with them. Children have the ability to retain a lot of information. You know, the other day, you know, my, my children have been way chill through the, throughout all this. And the other day, uh, Cohen woke up and my oldest son, 10 years old, um, 11 years old, just turned 11. Um, and he had a dream. And in his dream, um, he woke up, he called me, he told me what it was. And I go, go, go write it down. Write it down so you don't forget it. And not to go through all the details of it, but literally... Um, in it, he said that he saw, you know, multiple stars in his dream. And, and one of the stars was moving all over the place and people were distracted and people were fearful of it. And then there was this one star that was brilliant, white, like so bright that you couldn't even hide from it. And, you know, he goes into details a little bit more. And he felt like what the Lord showed him through the dream was that the distraction one or whatever was Satan. And he's trying to deceive all these people because knowing that his time is near. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is the Lord calling up out his arms wide open for anybody that desires a relationship with him and, and, and bringing them into him um, and promising them heaven. And I thought that was so cool because um, you, you, I would encourage you to teach your children that, that God is in control. Teach your children that they have been made for such a time as this. You know, if the Lord tarries, they're going to be teenagers and they're going to be in their early 20s, you know, and God is, you know, shaping them and molding them. I'm telling my kids right now, what's taking place in the world right now has never happened. Mm -hmm. And you're here and we're here. And like, what does God have for us? What does God have for our family? What if he changes our location? Where, what if we move? What, what, what if the Lord opens up other opportunities of ministry and life or whatever? Are we open for that? You know, yeah. and you know, and it's just so cool. It's exciting. It's like it's like freeing and just yeah. being open to the Holy Spirit. So I, li I like that because I was actually talking to Crystal last night, my wife, about I'm like, dude, who knows? Yeah, maybe God's gonna. We might God might move us out to do something else in the next couple months, or mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I'm just open. I'm like, I'm, I get excited. You know, yeah. I'm like, whatever. Even though it's all sketchy, everything around us, I'm like, God, like, what are you doing? Because he's going to get his plan done. That's the bottom line. In the eyes of the Lord, search through the earth to strengthen whose hearts that are fully committed. He's looking for those ones, and he's going to strengthen them, and he's going to use them. Yeah. Those ones that are available. And back to your son's, uh, uh, Cohen's uh, dream, he talks about the shiny star that's jumping around. What Jesus, or the Bible talks about Lucifer mm-hmm. being the sun of the morning star. Yeah. And, you know, Lucifer is a shiny object, basically. Mm-hmm. And what does he want to do? It's like a shiny object, just like when you go, he's a fisher of men, too. He, just like the way you fish a trout, you get a shiny object, rainbow, shiny lure, throw it in and catch a fish. Satan is a shiny object. And he, that's what he does. He goes after people to catch them, hook them. After you hook a fish, what happens? You pull it off the hook yeah. and you gut it and you eat it. And that's exactly what Satan wants to do with us. He wants to kill us and gut sure. us. He's over it. Yeah. So, yep, that's, that's on point. All right, what else? What else? For a student, how can they remain strong while they are at home surrounded by all the electronics and temptation? Um, well, I mean, when you're at home, I mean, there's a lot of things you could do. You're not, I mean, you're still, you could go out front of your house, like go, go do some sports, mm-hmm. you know, do, do art. I don't yeah. know. Like, what, what, are you, what are you into? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What are you into? For me, for my kids, we are, we're... I mean, my kids are young, obviously, mm-hmm. but we're getting out. Like, I'm taking them to the park, like right up the street. We're skateboarding. I'm teaching. I'm teaching my kids, how, girls, how to skateboard right yeah. now. Um, teach them how to ride their bikes. They're on their bikes now with training wheels. Um, teach them how to fly kites. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, we're doing the Bible study and all that stuff. You know, um, uh, pool parties, blow up pool, blow up the pool. We're just doing outdoor stuff. Yeah. So you're not stuck and isolated. Like that was, that's been the one thing with a lot of students is that people are getting caught up in technology and stuff and just being stuck in the rooms. They need to go out. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, you could be outside and you could do stuff. You know, you have a bike, you have mm-hmm. uh, outdoor sports, you could do stuff, you know? Yeah. And with the content that you're taking in, make sure that it's good. Like if you want to draw closer to God, if you're saying like, hey, I want to draw closer to God, but I'm like all wrapped up in my, my technology, just make the technology good technology, like good content. There's a lot yeah. of good content being taken out right now. Going, Go, out. going to technology like, dude, learn. this is a time to learn. Like remember I was telling you about earlier, like how are you going to come out of this thing? Right now is the time. Dude, have you ever dreamed of filming? And editing, learn. Yeah. Have you ever, th- you know, because the people have dreams. Oh, I'd love to shoot some photos and do editing. Get on YouTube. They have the tutorials. They'll teach you how to sh- shoot photos, how to edit, video editing, yep. photography, graphic design. I mean, there's a million, you know, do you want to learn how to design shoes? Learn how to do design footwear. Learn how to design clothes. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't, there's people that want to learn how to uh, create music and create beats. And, dude, now's the time. You want to be a DJ? Learn how to be a DJ. There's, there's, there's so many things you can learn how to do right now. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I, I'm learning how to do other stuff. So, yeah. What else? Right. Um, oh, wait, I got a question for you, Sam. You're 17, right? Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing oh, during this time? Uh, during this time. Just drawing close to God and even doing, like, what you said, going outside, spending time with family is most important because most of the time you're at school or they're at work. So drawing close to family is a big thing for me. Um, But, yeah, just 
staying connected with each other and with God is definitely what's going on right now. Yeah. There it is. That's from a 17-year-old. Gen Z. <laughs> Those dang Gen Zs. Okay, what else? All right. Um, any words or advice for a born-again Christian? I was raised by non-strict Catholic parents. God spoke to me recently, and my heart and mind have been completely changed in every aspect. Advice to them. They got brought up being, uh, you said, by Catholic parents? Catholic strict parents, yeah. Non-strict. Non-strict. So probably what they mean by that is like not really following like the Catholic tradition. You know, my my dad, a lot of times in like Mexican families or Irish families, like my my dad's side was, you're basically Catholic by your culture. It's just what you are. And But you don't always follow. There are some that follow all the things. Like I have some of my aunts and uncles that do. Uh, My dad wasn't as strict with us. And so you have a little bit of an idea of Jesus. You have a little bit of an idea of the Bible. Um, But then when somebody um, comes to the Lord like like he is, and maybe the parents don't truly understand like the depths of relationship with the Lord, you know, you don't have to, you know, find yourself trying to to convince them that that you're right and that this is the way. Let them see your light. Let them see your life of of a relationship with the Lord. Because a lot of times when you're just bombarded with a religion, you know, and a lot of times, and that's what happens sometimes in the Catholic faith is like you kind of go on Sunday, you do your... Uh, you repeat a couple prayers, repeat a couple scriptures, you know, put holy water on, and then you, you move on with your life. And you live your next day just like any other day. Um, let them see that a relationship with the Lord is something that is daily. It's a cool. It's like it's biblical. It's from the Old Testament to the New Testament. When God called Abraham in the Old Testament, he called him to walk by faith. Moses by faith. New Testament, same thing. Walk by faith. Relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing new. And um, when Jesus talks about to Nicodemus, a religious leader, he says, look, you know a lot of things about heaven and or you know a lot of spiritual things, but you don't know the simplicity that you need to be born again. You're spiritually dead inside. And when you are born again of the Holy Spirit, God gets a hold of your life. It changes everything. And Nicodemus would be one of those men, as you could put in like a religious guy, somebody that may be like a Catholic faith, religion, but that relationship's not alive in you. And that's what I would encourage. Here's a comment. Um, says, have to try and stay focused on Christ alone and his promises. Prayer is the key to lock doors. And again, read your Bible. Yep. Yeah. Simple. Awesome stuff. Um, back to uh, what should a student do? Or I would just open this up to anybody. What should they do during this lockdown if they have time? This is the time that I believe that God can recreate some new desires and, and, and passions that you've had before that you've just shelved because you haven't had the time to do them. Here's a, a short story of Josh Harmony. Uh, he's a pro skater. He's been on the show a few times, but he got hurt. Like He, he hurt his like hip. Remember that? He had like have hip replacement yeah. or something. But during that time, he was never... Uh, a, a big musician or anything like that, but during that time, he ended up writing a whole album. And you know, Sean, you and I, we've been in. We, like, Josh Harmony's like our steez, like that, oh, yeah, that he's, style he's of music. Yeah, it's dope. Uh, but he ended up writing a full-on album that's just epic. And then he came out of his surgery, and then he got hurt again later on. And then he ended up during this downtime, he ended up starting painting, and now he became an artist and he sells his art. So during these downtimes, he he became actually a musician that actually writes a bunch of songs for like all the Ruka videos. He has like four or five albums out, and now he's an artist. 
um, because of his downtime. Mm. So this is a, a perfect time that, you know, there's, there's other gifts that you could get going oh, yeah, right now. Sure. Dude, Don't. that's the thing. We talk about like, dude, the Christian life is exciting because it's like you are able to find answers to the question of like, why are you here? What's your purpose? What's your purpose? You're not guaranteed tomorrow. That's a scripture that's been going through my mind a lot. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, it says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. One day can change the direction of your life forever. Mm -hmm. And so I would really encourage you that right now, that when God has changed your tomorrow, like yesterday, you know, he thought everything was, you know, like going on as normal. And when I say about, you know, yesterday, I'm talking about the beginning of this whole thing. And then in just one day, the nation changed. The world changed. What are you going to do? What, what are you going to learn? What are you going to take from this time and opportunity? I know that's kind of a reoccurring, a reoccurring theme that we've been talking about today. Mm. But I think it's one of the most important aspects. I don't want to be the same. Um, I want to go ahead and take two last questions. Uh, this one from uh, Candace. It says, how to witness to self-deceived Christians without coming off as a holier than thou. The Lord has put many Christians in my life, and by their fruit I am concerned for their salvation. Advice. Yeah, um, self-deceived Christians. Well, I think this is a time right now, too. It's like, you know, there's a lot of people that go through the motions, you know. I, it's so wacky when we as a church are like, you know, trying to argue, hey, can I drink? Can I do this? Can I do that? Should I cut you know, all this stuff? You're trying to look all worldly. Dude, I, I think main thing, pray for them, love on them. As far as, you know, if you go to that person with a heart of love and compassion and be like, hey, man, like, I, I feel like this is something I just want to bring your attention, man. I love you. And just kind of encourage them in that way, not with this like pointer, uh, you, know, you know, pointing your finger at them, like, like beating them down. First, if it starts off with a heart of compassion, you pray for them. Then you enter into a conversation. You let your life be an example. And you just see. Just let the Lord grant you discernment on when to push, when to hold back a lot of times. Um, but yeah, there's probably definitely opportunities. Let God do a work in their life, but be open and be discerning of God's Holy Spirit when you are to speak. Sometimes, you know, there are times to confront people. I've had to confront people that I love, people in the church, just kind of looking out for them. Somebody has, you know, said something to me over time. And if they're willing to listen and, and you are doing it with the right heart, it'll be okay. They'll listen to you for sure. Yeah, I was trying to find that verse in the New Testament when it talks about some prayer, uh, you know, when you approach people, when they have sins, some you just pray for, mm -hmm. but if there's some that that's leading to death, uh -huh. then, you know. Yeah, I think that's in 1 John. Yeah, first I, know, I was John. just looking at John, 1 John 5. I was trying to find it right yeah. now. But, um, uh, and then the last, uh, there was another question. Uh, we have a few minutes. Um, someone said, can you pray for people and share the gospel to lead people to the Lord. I think that's sure. that's a great question uh, or a great thing to do. So this is what it comes down to. God loves you. Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. And any one of us that would just believe in him by faith, that he died on the cross and he raised from the dead for our sins, that he will forgive you. And we have to admit that we're sinners and we can't do it without him and we need him desperately in our, desperately in our life to be our Savior and our Lord. So all you do is you just confess. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. Just repeat after me wherever you're at, if you're driving, listening on the radio, 
on your phone, whatever. All you have to do is you have to mean it in everything in your heart. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with the fire and power in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you do touch those ones and that you do encounter them. Let them encounter peace and joy. Wash them with the living water. Cleanse them with the blood that was shed on the cross. Washing them white as snow. Encountering them, Lord. And touching them in a powerful way. In Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, I just pray for everyone that's listening right now that you bring provision in this time. In culture, meet every need. Lord, speak to them. Give them a hunger and desire to read the Word of God. To uh, tune their ears to hear your voice. Use them to bring the great commission, the good news, the gospel to this world. In love. Not judgment, but in love. And Lord, I pray if there's people that are uh, struggling, Lord, bring them back home. Those ones that are struggling with depression, anxiety, suicide, addiction, pornography. God, touch them and heal them right now. In Jesus' name, remove that. Any strongholds that are connected to them from the enemy, break those chains in Jesus' name. Those ones that have sickness in their body, aches and pains, or blood, or anything that's going on, if they are sick, in Jesus' name, I pray that right now, Lord, that you will just heal them. In Jesus' name, just touch their lives supernaturally in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen. Mm. I do want to plug our website. We do have our uh, new movie out, The Whosoever's uh, Kill the Noise Tour. This is a documentary. It's action-packed. This isn't boring at all. This is actually very fast-paced, very intense. It's challenging. It's equipping. It's showing people the gospel being uh, preached, the word of God going forth. And we see people's lives getting impacted, coming to salvation, people getting filled with the Spirit, people getting healed. It's epic. Um, yeah, get there. Go watch it. Share it. Show your friends. You guys are quarantined right now, as we all are. Watch it. And uh, this is going to actually, I think it's going to start a fire inside of you, um, uh, more of a passion to read and pray. And actually, you know what? I would challenge you to doing this. Watch the video and then go read the Gospels and then read the books of Acts because you're going to basically see what you saw in that video in the scriptures. It's going to come alive. It's going to be epic. Any uh, last words? We have a minute left. No, I would just encourage. I'm I'm so thankful we're able to have this opportunity to be able to communicate with all of you. We're seeing all of the the comments coming through through YouTube. We're excited to be able to be adding a a new show throughout the week. And we know that um, when me and Ryan uh, first started doing this show, we had a theme of like every voice matters. We want to hear from you. So continue to hit us up through the social media platforms. Obviously on Ryan Reese, my own, Sean, Sean McKinn, the whosoever's. Keep up the speed. Pray for us. We'll continue to pray for you. These are amazing, amazing times, amazing opportunities. Make sure that you're you know, letting the Spirit speak to you during these times. 100%. So I love you guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Remember, our app has all the past radio shows, our YouTube channel. We're on social media. Get connected with us. Send in your questions to our Instagram, the Whosoever's Instagram. Send in all your questions, and we're going to continue to take them all as there's many more. We love you guys, and uh, 
Man, this is just great. Good yeah. times? You have a good time? I had a great time. Now you, I want to go eat uh, some ice cream. Want, don- donuts? Donuts, donuts or, or ice cream? I want some tacos. <laughs> All right. Peace. Peace. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.